With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Draft Week. This is Stick to Football Bleacher Report's NFL Draft Podcast. And oh my God, it feels good to say that it's Draft Week. This is Matt Miller, joined by my buddy Mello, sitting next to me. Exactly. In his very cold <laughs> office. <laughs> Every Monday morning yeah. when you hear us. Yeah, and then Connor in New York, as always. And we have finally made it. And I know for you guys, because I mean, I we were all draft fans at one time, I think. I mean, I guess we still are. This is like what you've been waiting for. And guess what? We've been waiting for this moment, too, because not only do we want to see where these players are picked and what happens, but I know... Connor and I want to just go on vacation. Oof, but let's fucking go, dude. It's it's finally here. We get this thing finally like the real the real stuff starts to happen. None of the uh this is we're going to do a make believe draft today for any new <laughs> listeners. So fake draft. Uh, or uh, yeah, I'll, ne- I'll never forget last summer somebody tweeted at, at us and said a pretend draft at a time like this and I was just like, "All right, I don't know if think you know much about us." But, yeah. uh, dude, I'm, I'm so excited, especially for you guys to be in New York City this week. Yeah, very soon we'll be up there. We have a ton of content coming out this week. You want to make sure you have subscribed to Apple Podcasts because we're going to have a, a new pod coming out almost every day. We'll be doing Facebook Live uh, streams uh, for every pick of the draft. And then uh, we'll even do a draft recap and a draft look ahead podcast, the three of us together, one week from today. Let's jump into this mock draft, though. We were talking about it today, and I say, guys, I want to do a what we think will happen This is the last mock draft Monday, so let's throw it out there with a spin, though. I'm the general manager for the Cleveland Browns, and you all know if you've read anything I've done, if you've listened to this podcast for the last nine months, I've said Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold. Not today. I'm going Josh Allen. Not because I think that's what will happen. I do think it's a possibility, but mostly because I want to see the fallout. If Josh Allen goes one, and I do think there's a chance... I want to see what happens, and that's where you guys come in. And because we've done so many of these damn things, it's just like, <laughs> let's see what happens if Josh Allen does go one overall, which I, the closer we get, the more I think that it will actually happen. I hope. I just want, and for new listeners, if he goes top 10, you have to get a Natty Light tramp stamp. <laughs> yeah, we should just go ahead oh. and schedule that. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that's safe to say is happening. It'd just be hilarious if... He doesn't even get like one pick of hope. It just <laughs> yeah, just Eight. end it right off yeah. the top for me. Put yep. me out of my misery. Yep. No suspense. Ruined. Yeah. Right. Th- so th- yeah, this is interesting because this is going to show the trickle effect of Josh Allen going number one, not Sam Darnold. Yeah, and so Mello's on the clock, number two, New York Giants, and the Giants haven't been tied to a quarterback. But I think if Sam Darnold falls to two, they snatch him up and get their quarterback of the future. I, I don't think you're crazy, and that's something that we've all heard for months is that uh, they would, you know, take Darnold the Peebles there. That allegedly, they love him, and uh, I guess we'll see if this scenario plays out. I keep thinking that if it, if Darnold goes first, they would draft Saquon Barkley, and I, I'm not sure yet when I write my final mock draft who I'm going to have them take, but 
I, I do think they would lean toward Barkley here, even if Darnold's on the board. Yeah, and it goes to show you that they just might not have the interest in trading that we once thought. So number three, uh, my New York Jets, I'm on the clock. This is a no-brainer for me in this situation. It's Josh Rosen out of UCLA. I think he's the best quarterback on the field in this draft. I think the Jets are clearly in the market for whoever the best quarterback is. I love pairing him with Jeremy Bates. I know it's been Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. Everywhere you go this month, uh, I'm not a full believer in that. I definitely think there's at least a chance this pick could very well be Josh Rosen. Thank I'm, you. I'm a full believer in it. I'm <laughs> pushing that hard. Thank Baker you, three. Connor, because our dumbasses like to bet things, and Mello made the bet back in like November or October. <laughs> I that saved you. If Josh Allen was going to go top 10, he'll get a tramp stamp. Well, now he has to get one. And I made a bet, allegedly, that if Baker Mayfield was drafted by the Jets in the first round, I would shave my head. And now it looks like there's a great chance that's going to happen. I hope to God it happens. I'm going to look so bad. <laughs> so We should get our bad. tattoo and shave your head on the same day. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Give me through. Just a complete makeover. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Miller makeover. I do like this pick. Like you said, I love Jeremy Bates and Josh Rosen together. And I'll just be honest. I have no idea which way they're leaning. I think the Jets have done a good job of, we know they're going to draft a quarterback, but they've done a good job of keeping it close to the vest, which one it's going to be. All right, I'm back up. Cleveland Browns, pick number four, Bradley Chubb. I think this is a no-brainer. For whatever reason, we have a dominant edge rusher who's being slept on in this class, probably because so much of the talk has been about the quarterbacks or about Saquon Barkley. I think if Chubb's there, it should just be an easy pick. I know some people will say, ah, you got to trade out if you're in this spot with two quarterbacks uh, or three quarterbacks having come off the board already. If they sit tight, I think Chubb has to be the dude. Yeah, he is the best pass rusher, so they need it. You can uh, pair him up with a guy like Miles Garrett. They're going to tear up the league. Yeah. Yep, they might win eight games. You don't have to. Like, the thing is, they don't have to trade that pick. They've moved out of so many premium picks. It's like, well, how about you just sit there and get a guy you know is a good football player? I I like the, yeah. I like, yeah, they do. I like the Browns staying there and taking Bradley Chubb. It's a, that's a, that's a no brainer. Yeah. If they're going to trade four, somebody's got to knock their socks off and just offer like a Ricky Williams type trade to get them out of four. All right, you're up, buddy. I'm up at number five. I think if the Broncos stay at this pick and Baker Mayfield falls here, that's who they take. He was tied to him all senior bowl, so it just makes sense here at number five. And he drew the line in the sand, allegedly, you know, the big, the shirtless Sports Illustrated thing that he did, and he drew the line and said, I'm not, I'm going top five, so... So apparently, yeah, yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, I, I mean, I definitely agree. I think that would happen too. number six, the Indianapolis Colts, Quentin Nelson. I, I know it's, Hey, we can't take a guard this early. We can't do that. Quentin Nelson to me looks like the surest thing is an all pro player at the next level. Uh, I know Chris Ballard and Ed Dodds and Rex Hogan, those guys there, they like guys that could be all pro players, especially one that can protect their very battered franchise quarterback, Quentin Nelson at six. Yeah, if the, and this is another team that there's probably going to be trade-up rumors, maybe not in this scenario because we have the four quarterbacks off the board, uh, but that that is a team to watch because I, I do think, and, and I believe Ballard came out and said it in his pre-draft press conference, which is basically just an opportunity to lie, but he did come out and say the pick was for sale. Uh, I'm back up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If the board falls this way, I know a lot of Tampa fans are going to think Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, maybe think offensive line. No freaking way I'm taking Saquon Barkley. They don't have they don't have a running back, and they definitely don't have a running back like this guy who, like Connor was just saying with Quentin Nelson, he has all pro 
caliber traits, and he has all pro caliber uh, off field in terms of work ethic and wiring and his love of the game. I think he's as close to can't miss as a player can get. So if you're Tampa and he's on the board at seven, this should be the easiest pick in the history of the franchise. Oh, yeah. If you're Tampa Bay and you're a fan of them, you should be so excited about getting him Dancing. with Jameis and those receivers that they have. It would be a phenomenal pick for him. I'm up again. I'll go number eight to the Chicago Bears. Everybody that we've tied to the Bears so far has been taken. Guys like Quentin Nelson. So I'm going to go with a safety who can just roam and make plays. He can do anything on the field that you want him to. I'm taking Derwin James at pick number eight. I love Derwin James. I like this pick. I think Bears fans are going to be mad at you because they like their safeties, Adrian Amos and Eddie Jackson. But not, I mean, Eddie Jackson had like a great game last year that everyone kind of is like, oh, well, he had that game. But it's more about the say, season. Yeah. And right. I think Derwin James is a million times better than Adrian Amos. Bears fans yeah. should just be happy that we made their pick this week because yeah, sometimes right. we allegedly don't. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Yeah. Even when we do. Number nine, uh, Matt's 49ers. I really want to gauge his reaction of this pick. It's probably the biggest surprise of the draft, but this guy keeps rising. Mike McGlinchey. I think the Niners are going to be looking for someone they view as a potential franchise tackle for the future for Jimmy G. I, I know, you you know, Matt, you would say they're set there for the short term, correct? Yeah, with Joe Staley it, at, at left tackle and Trent Brown at right Trent tackle, Brown. They, they really are. So my reaction when you plugged move. this in, I was like, shit. It was like, I really want a linebacker or an edge or even Denzel Ward, even though he's probably a slot guy. So I wasn't in love with it, but I do know what you're saying because – McGlinchey's name is rising, and I don't know if that's because he's the best offensive tackle. And historically, everyone says, oh, tackles go early, so this guy's going to float up the board. But last year, the first tackle came off at 20. I I think McGlinchey and Connor Williams and Colton Miller are all guys who are probably closer to 15 to 25 instead of top 10. I think you've tied Edmonds to them so many times that you will actually cry if they don't pick him. Yeah, I might. Every week. It's Thursday night. I'm just going to be crying on set. You're going to have a meltdown like Lefko did last year with the Eagles. I I did this because the Niners fans have been slaughtering Matt, and I just wanted to take the tension away to slaughter me instead. So there you go. (laughs) I'm going to have a Jimmy G t-shirt on under my nice dress shirt when the Niners pick comes on. I'm just ripping that fucker off. Well, Sorry, that's me. You, b- yeah, that's before me. Before you do rip that fucker off, you got to make a <laughs> I draft. Pick. A drink. I was, <laughs> I was taking a drink. I'm still, I'm so parched from this cold I'm getting over. Number ten, the Oakland Raiders. That's what's funny. I'm so used to doing the Niners pick. I just was like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I'm looking at Mello like, make your fucking pick, dude. Uh, nope. Number ten, the Oakland Raiders. This is where I have Denzel Ward going. I, I think he is bar none the best corner in this draft. He is a little small, but he's fast, physical, instinctive. Can handle up the line of scrimmage. I think he has really good length, even though he is, again, on a little bit of a smaller frame. He's a dog, though. I think he's better than Gary and Conley was last year. If you can pair him up now with Conley, it's going to make everything they do defensively look better. I like that pick. It does almost make too much sense there with Oakland taking just a solid corner that can be your shutdown guy. You have no faith in the Raiders. Every week you're like, the Raiders won't do this. They're not smart enough. I went like all in on the Raiders last year and thought they were going to have a great season, and they didn't. And and then they bring in John Gruden. I've lost all hope in that franchise. <laughs> well, and then also they they they're very big Mike McGlinchey candidates. I know he's off the board in this scenario. They're going to do something weird. That's all oh, I'll yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna I'm do telling something. you, like Calvin Ridley, I still think it's going to happen. Yeah. Number eleven overall, Miami Dolphins. They need help all over the board, especially at quarterback. But I'm not reaching for a quarterback here. I'm going to take a big interior lineman, Vita Vea. 
Ooh, you don't want to try saying the full name? It's like <laughs> I don't 46 know. letters I don't, long. Yeah, you can't tweet it in one tweet. There's <laughs> yeah. too many characters. I like this. Uh, it, it Again, everyone connects them to quarterbacks. Maybe they even try to trade up to get Baker Mayfield. Or if Josh Rosen slips, maybe this is where he ends up. But And uh, they just got rid of Sue, so they have yeah. some need there in, yeah. in the interior. He and Jordan Phillips side-by-side side would either be terrifying for offenses or the biggest disappointment maybe ever to play defensive tackle together. All right. 12th. This is the Buffalo Bills first first rounder. Tremaine Edmonds, the classic Tremaine Edmonds pick. Listen, I think they want to get big and athletic in that front seven. And I think in this scenario, they'd be crushed that they couldn't get up for a quarterback. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, this is a big piece for their defense. Have you, you guys started to see, have you seen, no, you haven't, because I haven't released it yet. <laughs> my, my final big board will come out, um, I believe Tuesday or Wednesday morning. And spoiler alert, this is information you only get on stick to football. I didn't plan on this happening, but it did. Tremaine Edmonds is my number four overall player. Ooh, wow. Yeah. So I'm, wait, let me guess who's ahead of him. The only people that must be ahead of him are Saquon Barkley, uh, Quentin Nelson, and Bradley Chubb. Yep. Wow. So like, when I put a grade on a player, it's just in a bubble. Like this guy... So, like, the grade I gave him was, like, a 7.25, which to me means, like, you are a top 10 pick and would probably be a top 10 pick in almost any draft class. You have the skills to be a Pro Bowl caliber player early and an all-pro player. Eventually, you would be a true blue chip starter. So I put that grade on him. And then when at the end of it all, 443 grades, I sort it by, okay, who has the highest grade? And then I was like, oh, okay, here we go. So, But I do love him. I think his potential is just phenomenal. I mean, Anthony Barr type player, or and that might be, that might even be a low comp for what he can be. I just love Tremaine Edmonds too much. You do. Well, you I like him a lot. I'm more I do of a Roquan guy. Yeah, and I like Roquan too, uh, who's still on the board here, by the way. At 13, I'm picking for Washington. I just want Mika Fitzpatrick. They need so much help at the safety position. Uh, they lose Kendall Fuller in the trade to get Alex Smith. I think Minka can also help at slot corner. So he fills a couple different needs for them just because of how versatile he is defensively. They, I, I think, also could benefit from just a guy who's so high character, a great leader. And, and so you have John Allen, who they picked last year in round one. Now you throw in someone like Minka, this locker room is starting to look a lot better. And you match, you know, with all those guys in the NFC East, like he's a playmaker he can stop those guys like jason witten Ingram. yeah right i'm up next i'm going with the green bay packers pick they have a lot of needs and i tell you i almost gave him a receiver here but i'm gonna go with an edge rusher and harold landry this this just fits so well and i, I think connor I we've love, talked yeah. about this before like harold landry has been slept on this whole draft process i, I know of there's a team picking in the late 20s and a member a high-ranking member of the team text me earlier in the week and they're like Man, can you do anything to get Harold Landry to drop to us? <laughs> I was like, no. Like, uh, I I could go rob a liquor store with him. That might help. Yeah, but, and he probably uh, won't come with you. Yeah, so. no, he's just he's so good and such a good fit for three, four teams. So I, I that's a fantastic pick for Green Bay. I I love that pick. I think that's the type of pick that would be like a low key defensive rookie of the year kind of pick with the starting reps he would get and the sack potential he would have there. Harold Landry and Green Bay would be awesome. Number 15, Arizona Cardinals. I took Lamar Jackson. I think this team needs a spark, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, that does not include Sam Bradford and Mike Lennon for the long-term future. So <laughs> Are you sure? Bruce, 
Yeah, Bruce Arians came out and, and absolutely raved about Jackson and said that he would love to see the Cardinals take him. I don't think it would be absolutely crazy at all for him to come off the board here. Yeah, Not- I, I've seen a lot of teams and a lot of other people tying him to the Cardinals. It just seems like a good fit. You can hopefully sit him a year, maybe two years. Yeah. I, I, I'm weird about this, but I actually love that he would be playing in a dome in a situation where you can use his speed. It's not going to be in a lot of shitty weather out there. I mean, even like the Niners play down the peninsula now. It's 80 degrees every day. Uh, Seattle uh, can be a little bit rough, but I, I would love that he would be in warm weather situations and hopefully with a team that would utilize him a little bit more. You have a defensive coordinator and Steve Wilkes as head coach. I could see them looking across the, the board and saying, Man, I don't want to defend that guy, so maybe we just draft him. And they're getting old on offense. They just need somebody that can come make a play for him. And he might not be able to do it with his arm like many other quarterbacks, but he can definitely do it with his feet. Yeah, he and David Johnson running the option would be fun, too. Yeah. I'd sign up for that. Okay, I'm on the board 16, right at the midway point, the Baltimore Ravens. And I, I feel like this is a hard team to draft for. I don't think they can go defense. Just with all the needs they have, with some of the things the ownership has said, I think they have to go offense. They're loading up trying to sign every fucking receiver who's you know been good for a moment and is now bad. So I'm not even sure that they would go Calvin <laughs> Ridley, who's still on the board. So I went a different direction, but one I do feel like they could go, and it's Connor Williams, offensive tackle from Texas, and they, I believe, would play him at guard. So you can put him in there. Uh, you, Marshall Yonda's getting older. They do need interior line help. And you know what? Worst-case scenario, I, th- I think he could play tackle. Or, or, or best case scenario, he could play tackle. And Alex Lewis at right tackle is not any good. Yeah, you get his feet wet at guard and then maybe kick him out to tackle after he develops a but little bit. If you put him at left guard and Ronnie Stanley at left tackle, and tell, like you're running left as much yeah. as you want to. So it may be not the biggest need and some fans are probably, there will be fans pissed off because we could have them you know, draft Jesus Christ right here to play quarterback <laughs> and they'd be pissed off. And they'd say, I don't believe in him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, he's going to die, so... All right. (laughs) Retires at 33. Spoiler alert. All right, guys. Well, let's take a little break from the draft because I got to talk to someone this week that we've been high on for a very long time. And uh, we hope that his name is called Thursday night. So here's the interview earlier from this week. with One of our favorite prospects. A big thank you this week. I'm very happy to be joined by first round running back prospect Darius Geis out of LSU, courtesy of Hyundai's Rolling with the Rookie series. If you haven't checked it out yet on their YouTube page, please do. An awesome story. Darius, we're less than a week out. How are you feeling, man? I'm feeling great, man. You know, just um ready to get the process over with. <laughs> I bet. So you were tasked with the impossible being the guy after Leonard Fournette, and you somehow blew away expectations and dominated the same way he did. What did he teach you before it was your time to shine? He, you know, he teach me that when your name is called, you know, it's time to go. You know, when he first got to LSU as a freshman, you know, he had to play behind two seniors, you know, to merge his way in quickly to start you know, the same with me. You know, when I when I got in as a freshman, you know, I was behind him and Darrell Williams. You know, and um, Leonard being one of the best running backs in college football, I felt it was a great opportunity for me to compete with him and, and learn from him why he was there before he left. So, you know, he taught me, you know, whatever your name was called, you know, go in and, and do what you got to do. So the, the last time I checked about a year ago, your squat was at around 650 pounds. Uh, are you in the 700-pound club yet? I feel like you're either always working out or playing for yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> um, well, it's not really it's not really safe to to keep lifting 
weights that heavy, so no, I definitely. probably max out maybe once, once or twice a year. So um, that that was just one of those times where you know you just wanted to see how strong you were and get everything out. So you were obviously a five star recruit from Baton Rouge, ended up being a hometown hero. What's it like feeling, you know, knowing that there's a good chance you'll be playing football somewhere else for once? I mean, these visits must have been exhausting so far this month. Oh, man, I've, I've been waiting to get out of Baton Rouge, man. You know, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be fun to, to finally be able to go somewhere else and play. You know, I'm going to just be representing Baton Rouge from afar. <laughs> have you had a favorite visit so far? Uh, no. You know, all all of all the visits were pretty, you know, pretty pretty broad and pretty, you know, pretty the same, you know. So there there really wasn't no favorite visit. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the Rolling with the Rookies video was your relationship with your hometown friends and family, notably your mother. Do you have any special Mother's Day plans for her, or is it going to be a surprise this year after you get drafted? It's really going to be a surprise after I get drafted. It's going to be pretty lit. And I got a surprise for her. I mean, you know, I don't want her to listen to this and then end up knowing. <laughs> I'm sure we'll see it on Instagram or something. But all right. So. Oh, yeah. You're going to say it somewhere. Uh, one thing that surprises me is that it seems like you don't have a, a certified nickname yet for, you know, how hard you run. And two to two come to mind for me. You're either Beast Mode Jr. Or I like to call you the angry ballerina because you always run pissed off, but it's somehow kind of graceful. Do your teammates call you anything yet, or are you still looking for that nickname? Uh, to be honest, I'm, I've forgotten a lot of names, bro. I've got Tasmanian Devil. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I got <laughs> um, that. That's one of the main ones. Or people, or people just call, or people just chant, "Feed the dog." I got that in uh, high school. <laughs> We're just always chatting, feed the dog. <laughs> well, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. All right. So one thing we like to do with every single guest we have on is run them through our five questions that are the gauntlet. Uh, the first one is, do you have a go-to pregame meal? Uh, no, you know, they, they feed us, at LSU, they fed us every, you know, every pregame. Something. It was pretty much the same meal. Um, so you, we didn't really have a choice. <laughs> so now you do. It's got to. What's your favorite meal then? What is it going to be now? I don't even think we got a choice now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, I feel like whatever they whatever they have, you know, prepared for the team. That's what you eat. <laughs> uh, number two, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? You're already strong. Uh, it'll probably be dash off the Incredibles. <laughs> I'll be so fast that I'm invisible. That would definitely help at the next level in the NFL. All right, so I think I know the I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm still gonna push you. What's one game that none of your friends can beat you at right now? Is it? Are you gonna tell me Fortnite? Nope. I'm gonna tell you Madden. Okay. So you're a better Madden player. Yeah, player. yeah. I can't, yeah. I, I can't be touched. I can't be touched on Madden. Who do? You, what team do you use right now? I actually use four different teams. Okay. okay. I use the Panthers. After I use the Panthers, I use the Texans, I use the Steelers, and I use Seattle. Well, it's going to be fun next year when maybe you could uh, maybe you could play as yourself on on one of those four. We'll see. Um, number four, stranded on a deserted island. Who are you taking with you? Is it going to be someone like a, a celebrity crush, or is it going to be your boys? Oh, it'll be my it'll be my boys, man. Because you know. Growing up, we we went through so much and overcame so much together. 
we know how you know to make something out of nothing whenever we are in a situation to where we don't have anything. So if I'm stranded and I need, you know, survival and stuff on the out, if I'm stranded, <laughs> then I'm, I'm going with my brothers. <laughs> I love that. Um, all right, the last one. This is one of my favorite ones. If you had an online dating profile, what would be your bio? What would be the one sentence about Darius guys? If I had an online bio? Yeah, whether it's Tinder or whether it's Bumble or how would you describe yourself on a dating app? <laughs> something like something funny it'll probably be like if you wear pounds of makeup stay away <laughs> <laughs> something funny like that <laughs> oh my god yeah I'm, that's gonna be I'm gonna steal that now and use the same one that's pretty good so listen Derek <laughs> It, man. At, at Bleacher Report, Darius, we're uh, we're really excited for you. Can't wait to see where you go on draft night. So good luck. Thank you for the time and, and best of luck moving forward with the future, man. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. All right. We are to the second half of the first round and the first team on the clock at pick number 17, the Los Angeles Chargers. And you are about to steal someone. I'm glad you didn't make me say it because I would have said San Diego still, <laughs> but I cannot believe that this guy has fallen to all the way to pick 17. Roquan Smith still just sitting there for the Chargers to Man. snatch him up. They love athletic linebackers and they're getting the most athletic linebacker in this class. I that isn't, yeah, I don't know a great how pick. this happened, but it's, it's just in, um, I saw someone, maybe it was Bill Belichick say this, that they are doing the same thing. They're running through all these scenarios to see. It was Brett Veach. They're running through all these scenarios to see who could fall. And when a guy like this starts to fall, someone would probably trade up. But it just it does go to show that a lot of times we talk about guys, oh, no, no, he's a top 10 pick. Or, no, he's a top 20 pick. And then you actually run through yeah. the scenarios, and you're like, well, he might not be. So really, really good pick by you to get him there. Yeah, he's going to be a, an absolute star, and the Chargers need those right now. When you're uh, sharing some space with the Rams, not easy. So 20,000-seat stadium. Yeah, 18th overall, Seattle Seahawks. Listen, Richard Sherman out the door. Josh Jackson, the playmaker of this draft, in the door. I think when you look at Seattle, they're kind of going through a retooling phase of this defense. It's not a complete rebuild. You still have some really good players there. Bobby Wagner, Earl Thomas. There's pieces around that you can really you know, try to plug in some studs. And, and Josh Jackson could very well be that, especially in that defense. Yeah, I, it, and this is a pick a lot of people have made as well because of the the scheme fit that he is for them. Man, I can't wait to watch my Niners just kick the shit out of the Seahawks twice this year. <laughs> uh, I'm just getting cocky right now because it's draft week and I haven't slept. So it's just like. And uh, because you probably watch quarterback to quarterback with Russell Wilson. I didn't watch it. Oh, my God. It's terrible. I saw oh, you tweet it's about not, it. Not good. It's not, not good. good. Is it, it, it made it, me hate Russell Wilson. I've always like I've liked him. He's great on the field. He is so boring and fake. In yeah. an interview, and you wonder terrible. why it comes out the teammates don't like him. Yeah, I know why now. Yeah, okay. Because he's he's just like, I really believe in you, and you're gonna be really good if you do the right things. <laughs> did it, did you notice like, his okay. awkward posture, like that he's leaning towards these kids, and I felt uncomfortable. It was like watching The Bachelor. Is he trying to look taller? No, he's like leaning, no. leaning huh. into them and like talking softly. It's like he's a therapist. Hmm. Well, that's exactly the nano bubbles, man. It's all those fucking <laughs> nano bubbles. All right, before I go on a religious rant about Russell Wilson, pick 19, the Dallas Cowboys, and a great player falls to them at a huge need, Calvin Ridley. They need a wide receiver. No matter what you think of Alan Hearns and all the white boy Supremes, they need an outside receiver. Calvin Ridley is the best route runner in the class. 
I, I think he is a plug and play dude for them. Yeah, I agree with you there. With Des being gone, they've got to get something in there. I think a lot of teams will be trying to move in front of the Cowboys to get a receiver. Yep. I'm up next with the Detroit Lions at pick number 20. I'm going to give them a guy that they pretty much already have, but I'm going to pair him up anyway. Give him Marcus <laughs> Davenport. Yeah, when you got one and it works, might as well get two. Yeah, that was my theory on why. Get one, it doesn't work. Get another. Yeah. Guess what? The Jets work. did it last year with safety. Two safeties. Yeah. It worked. So just bring in Ziggy Anza again. And Ziggy Anza is going to be a sneaky 29 next year with all kinds of weird God, that's injuries. Right. God. He's like one so, of those baseball players that was 16 before 9 <laughs> 11, and we found out it's 40. Yeah, so it's one of those things where, okay, you could be like, well, number one, it's great to have two pass rushers, but also maybe Davenport's the future. So 21, Cincinnati Bengals. I cannot believe they moved back here from 12. That is absolutely insane. But listen, they traded for Cordy Glenn still. Build the offensive line. You get Isaiah Wynn here, who's probably closer to a top 15 to 18 kind of player. You get him at 21. That's pretty good value. A player that can play tackle, a guy that could be a really, really good, you know, great player at guard, which I think he would play here. So Isaiah Wynn to the Bengals. I like it. You you power up. We kind of talked about this earlier with Connor Williams to the Ravens. But if you put Isaiah Wynn at left guard with Cordy Glenn at left tackle, you got a whole lot of a muscle moving the, the run there. I'm up at 22, and I made this pick in front of the New England Patriots just to piss Mello off. I'm <laughs> taking Mason Rudolph, and I think this could actually happen. If there's not a quarterback that they draft at 12, the Bills, if they're not able to trade up, you just take Mason Rudolph here. I think he fits more of the like Bill Parcells style that this front office and you know Brandon Bean uh, and Sean McDermott, they're going to want someone who's accurate. They're going to want someone who's not going to turn the ball over, maybe is a little safer than some of the other quarterbacks in this class. They're going to build a strong defense around a good run game. Mason Rudolph can be perfect in that system, and you get him one pick ahead of the Patriots. I, yeah, I agree with you. If they can't get a quarterback at 12, which I don't think you can, and you can't move up, you have to take a quarterback here like Mason Rudolph at 22. And that's your dude. Yeah, I like him a lot at the end of the first round. Yeah, I'd snatch him up. Yep. Plus, they have A.J. McCarron sitting for a year. Yeah, if you need to. Yeah, let him speed things up a little bit. But if the Bills left Thursday night with Tremaine Edmonds and Mason Rudolph, I would think Bills fans would be very, very happy with that, or they should be. Oof, I don't know. They better leave with a furious. Yeah, I think they'd be furious. <laughs> I think if they stay at 12, Bill's Mafia will go crazy. Well, Bill's exactly. Mafia might go crazy regardless. Yeah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I'm up with the New England Patriots, and you took uh, Mason Rudolph in front of me. So I'm going to go get a guy that just screams Patriot to me. Big offensive tackle, Colton Miller. They have to fill that need. They've got some guys aging. They had some guys leave. So they have to get some protection for that offense. So I'm going Colton Miller. The pick, it's just one of those that makes too much sense for it not to happen at this point. He is is exactly what they just lost in Nate Solder. So it, and I know a lot of people have said, is New England, are the Patriots going to trade up? And oh, one thing I did want to talk about with the Patriots. Someone asked me this week, uh, someone who works for a team, they're like, hey, do you buy this Patriots Lamar Jackson talk? And I know it's been a really hot topic on Twitter of maybe they would take him to be the successor to Tom Brady. And I, I'm not like a huge Wonderlick guy. But the Patriots are. And Lamar Jackson got a 13, which is one of the lowest scores ever for a drafted quarterback. I can't see the Patriots taking a quarterback. And whether you believe the Wonderlick is legit or not, regard the Patriots do. And I can't see them taking a quarterback who scored that poorly on it. Or And they don't really value the athletic quarterback. No. They want that guy that's going to stand in the pocket and make reads and make throws. That's why like Luke Falk in round two or Kyle Oletta in round two makes more sense for yeah. them. 
Also, things. the best quote I ever got from someone was, if Bill doesn't want something out there, it doesn't get out there. So when you right. hear Patriots pre-draft talk and somebody keeps connecting a player to them over and over again, it probably tells you it's not happening. So that would be that would be a shock to me in this draft. So 24, Carolina Panthers. Uh, this is one of my favorite players in the draft. And when I say favorite player, it doesn't mean I have him top five, top ten. It's just a guy that I love the way he plays. I love what he brings to the field, and I think he'll be a really good starter. Rashawn Evans, the linebacker out of Alabama. And Thomas Davis is getting up there. He's fought a lot of injuries, uh, fought a lot of, you know, now fighting a suspension for whatever it was, you know, some kind of supplement. Uh, you Listen, this is a team that values the linebacker position. Rashawn Evans, Luke Keekley, uh, that's a pretty impressive duo right there. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to ask when I saw this, like, where are you going to play this dude? But you just explained it. And so one of the fastest linebacker corps in the NFL stays oh, yeah. fast. And and I love Keekley. He's been hurt a lot. So why not get someone who can slide over if you need him to and, and fill that huge gap when he unfortunately does miss time? I'm up with the Tennessee Titans at 25. I would have taken Rashawn Evans, but oh no, I get to take probably my favorite player in the entire draft, Leighton Van Der Esch. You took the younger Mike Vrabel. Yeah, that's <laughs> all Mike Vrabel's team. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah, uh, I love Van Der Esch. And again, like Connor said, not not a top five player for me, not a top ten. I just love watching him play because he's so versatile, can stop the run, carry tight ends and coverage. He blitzes well. He's a great guy, great athlete. And yeah, he's a young Mike Vrabel, basically. Yeah, I like that pick. I'm up at pick number 26 to the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going with Taven Bryan here. He just fits that aggressive Dan Quinn defense. Play him on the defensive line. He's going to make plays for you. Yeah, and that's what pick we've all been making over and over again. It just seems it. I think every year there is that one late first round pick that everyone just kind of hits because it, it does make too much sense. Yeah, and we're going to have Taven Bryan on the show. This week. Ooh, that's right. All right, 27, New Orleans Saints. This is something I've done, not with this player specifically, but with the position. Finding another shutdown corner to play across from Marshawn Lattimore. Mike Hughes is here, probably because of the off-field. I think he's easily a top-20 player in this class. So when you look at the Saints, it's going to be pretty hard to throw on them when you have Marshawn Lattimore on one side, Mike Hughes on the other. I think that secondary would be... Absolutely loaded with talent with this pick at this point. You're not going to find a secondary with better ball skills, at least. Uh, yep. I mean, be, between Hughes and Lattimore, and I, I think the biggest question with Hughes is: Do you have someone there that can maybe keep him grounded a little bit? And I actually think the Saints do have a, a really good locker room for that. Uh, I'm up at 28. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Darius guys. I don't know if they're ever going to pay Le'Veon Bell, and I honestly don't know if they should. I don't think they are. I just string. Them I don't out. think they are. Just string him out. Break up with him They've after vacation. They've a lot vacation, of interesting you know? guys. <laughs> like, a lot of interesting guys. And he fits. He's a power runner. He's agile. He's better as a receiver than we ever saw uh, at LSU because they just didn't use him and they didn't have a quarterback think, who could throw to him. And guys fits that mold just like Bell coming out of college. Like Nobody thought he could really catch. All he did was just carry the ball right up the middle. Guys didn't have a quarterback that could throw to him. He does a lot more in the passing game than people give him credit to. Because for some reason, they can't get a quarterback in LSU. I don't understand it, but they can't do it. Remember Ryan Pierlew? Yeah, he was supposed to go to Texas. Thank God he didn't. (laughs) I'm up again with the Jacksonville Jaguars. One of my, like, secretly favorite teams. They have almost no holes. Those new unis. Yeah, they are pretty sick. They got rid of those stupid helmets. (laughs) I'm going to give them one of the best guys in this draft. He's very versatile. James Daniels out of Iowa, the center. He can also play guard. 
making just room for Fournette for days and protecting one of the best quarterbacks in the league and Blake Bortles. <laughs> just man, <laughs> get that in there. Just throw it in. Uh, man, they would have a an athletic offensive line. That's for sure. And he could. I like his versatility. So. All right, another offensive line pick here. 30 Minnesota Vikings, a guy that can play guard and center, Frank Ragno. When I wrote in this pick, I wrote next to it, I don't give a fuck. As in, I'm making the pick that I like here. I think Ragno is a first-round player. I love seeing him find the right home at the end of the first round here. And listen, like I said, I know they took Pat F. Line last year, but this is how you load up on the interior and you build a run game with Dalvin Cook and you protect uh, a guy that costs a pretty good amount of money, right, in Kirk Cousins? An unbelievable amount. And and Ragno can play guard, so that's not a concern at all. I, I typed in our doc, Will Hernandez is somewhere crying right now, but I'm wrong. Will Hernandez doesn't cry. Will Hernandez <laughs> yeah, is no. just He's pissed. just he angry. People. Yeah. God, He's just scary. squeezing his neck roll right now, thinking about... <laughs> he's already put me 10 feet into the turf. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm, gonna, I'm now dead. He's going to, like me and Eric Flowers, you know, that hate that we have for each other, that's going to be Will yep. Hernandez and you, so good luck, buddy. All right, I'm up with New England again. Uh, or no, my first time with New England. I'm up at 31. We had them take Colton Miller at 23. No quarterback that I would take here. I'm going to steal Jair Alexander before the first round is over. Give me a corner who maybe a slot, but is so aggressive. So good. Just ball skills. He's a good return man. I think he fits perfectly with what New England should do defensively. Just get a, a dude that could travel. And I, I would love to coach a player like him. I have no idea if Belichick agrees with that, but I think Alexander is a guy you can build your secondary around. I agree with you there because Belichick, like Connor said, you have no idea what the Patriots are doing. So we're tying corners to them and offensive tackles. It's really hard to tell, but he fits in that defense and what they have and what they need. I'm up with the last pick of the draft, number 32, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think I'm correct in saying they don't have a second or third round pick. So they're going to go try to get some bang for their buck here and get a playmaker like Sony Michelle. Give your other running back a break who's got some knee problems already and give Carson Wentz another tool, something for Doug Peterson to play with. I'm going Sony Michelle. Yeah, you're right. They don't pick again until 130. So they almost go 100 wow. picks without a selection. Yeah. So it, it makes it, you wonder if they trade this pick then. They, yeah, I think really I think so too. Yeah, like if someone trying to come up and get, get that fifth-year player. Uh, I love this pick for them. It's something that you and I have talked a lot about of that they could just go offense, just grab somebody on offense that – can plug in and and because they don't have those picks and they've loaded up on defense the past few drafts uh, with some guys who are now coming into their own. So I do really like this. And I tweeted the other day, I had a, a source tell me they think that Sony Michelle will come off the board before Darius guys, just yeah, because of all, be. all the off field stuff. And we had them pretty close together here. Picks 28 and 32. So, all right, that's round one. And, I have no idea if we're going to get any of these picks correct when Thursday night happens. No, I don't think we are. Just because there are going to be trades that you can't predict. Teams will trade up two or three spots to get in front of someone else. And people are probably going to hear this and think I'm just trying to cover my own ass. But I've never worked a draft where there was less certainty about what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because we should, we should make a bet. I, Whoever gets the most picks right out of this mock. Uh, I would like to do a lot of things differently if that's what we're doing. <laughs> uh, yeah. That sounds fun, but uh, no, because I'm not going to have any hair in a week. Yeah, I mean, we got to get Connor to make some kind of bet that that's he's just going to That's what I'm trying to get to in lose. on the action here. <laughs> yeah. I, want a, I want a new tattoo. I want no hair. Come on, I want yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, I might make that bet with you. I mean, you did take Ragno in the first I, round. I think what we need to do, Connor, is that when you lose a bet, you have to fly yourself out here and hang out with us for a weekend. 
That's pretty good. I'm down for that. I mean, I lose we'll all my hair something. for the rest of my we life. Got- Melo gets a tattoo. <laughs> you have to come slum it in Joplin. So listen <laughs> on your own uh, we'll dime. Think of you know how we'll think of something good this week. <laughs> we'll think. We'll think of something good. Yeah, right. especially beers out there. God, yeah, really killer. Two dollar beers, wallet. man. I don't know how you can handle it. So, all right, that is our show for this week. As you guys can tell, like we are ready for this draft to happen. I think we're all excited in our own ways, uh, exhausted in our own ways. We have guests galore. We're not going to slow this thing down as far as trying to get you guys good conversations. And after the draft, it'll be, I I think, you know, we had to turn down so many guests before the draft. We just don't have time to get them all in. So this summer is going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you uh, subscribe Apple podcast. I said it right this week, or you can just download the BR app and you can subscribe to stick to football right in there. And you'll definitely want to subscribe to the draft channel because I can't, I don't even know how much content I have coming out this week. I know a big board, uh, a seven round mock draft comes out Thursday morning. A scouting notebook comes out Wednesday or Thursday draft. 400 is finalized. There's a lot. Lot yeah, I'm with out. you. I just have so much stuff that's going to be <laughs> out you. there everywhere. So be on the lookout for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mr. Content over here will definitely have a, a lot going on. So, okay, for Connor, for Mello, thank you guys for indulging us for the month of April. This is our last Mock Draft Monday, probably until next year. So enjoy, <laughs> Maybe. enjoy Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Hopefully your team gets who you want them to. Thanks. <laughs>